Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We are live following the Timberwolves' loss to the Golden State Warriors on Sunday afternoon. Marty Geller of Bally Sports North joins the show to break down the loss. The Lockdown Wolves postcast starts right now. You are Locked On Wolves postcast, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. Hello and welcome into the Locked On Wolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Locked On Wolves. Marty Gellner of Bally Sports North is with me to talk through the Timberwolves lost the Warriors on Sunday. And Marty, the Wolves got blitzed early in this one. We talked after the loss to the Hornets on Friday about the weird matinee start time on Sunday and what are, how the Wolves would handle it against a veteran Warriors team that, of course, had only won one game on the road to this point. Uh, but Golden State came out far more ready to play in this one, it seemed like. Yep, and that was everything. The first quarter was everything. Golden State outscored Minnesota by 20 in the first quarter and only three the rest of the way. Second quarter, dead even. Third quarter, dead even. Fourth quarter, three-point advantage. But 20, 20 point advantage in the first quarter. That was it. That was the story. Yeah, Um the the Timberwolves, I mean, the Warriors got to 40 points with more than three. It was like almost three and a half minutes left in the first quarter and uh, scored 47 in the quarter. I think I saw that was the third most points Golden State's ever scored in a first quarter in their history, which is crazy. Yeah. Um, uh, Golden State was running the floor. It was primarily transition defense was the number one issue. And we could talk, we could spend a whole show talking about that being one of the Wolves' primary issues this season. And I'm going to dig a little bit more into that on the, on the lockdown Wolves show this week. Uh, but transition defense, first and foremost, uh, offensive rebounding. I know the box score at the end of the game said the wolves only gave up eight offensive rebounds, but they were timely. Uh, a number of them were early in the game when the Warriors were building this lead. There were a couple of big ones late in the game when the wolves were trying to get back into it. Uh, but those are two issues. Uh, the half court defense has been pretty good this season. And it, I thought was solid for most of this game. It was really transition defense and, uh, you know, loose ball, you know, getting a 50, 50 balls, defensive rebounding were the primary issues early in this one. Yes. And when you said the wolves got blitzed by golden state, I think you used that term in your uh, opening comment and talking about um, golden state running and taking advantage of turnovers. I mean, they were running on makes like the wolves would make a basket. It happened twice in the first quarter where the Wolves made a basket and Golden State got a layup out of it at the other end. I mean, that's that's just ridiculous. That You, you just can't let that happen on your home court. Once, fine, okay, it's going to happen once. But when you know a team is trying to do that and then you let it happen multiple times, it's just kind of a adds so much frustration on top of a game where you, you're losing. So there, frustration comes along with that, but... When you make plays like that or don't make plays like that, it just kind of compounds it. Man, that was frustrating. Yeah, so it's 47-27 after the first quarter, and the Wolves play the Warriors even the rest of the way. The second and third quarters exactly even. The Wolves actually, before the last three and a half minutes or so of the fourth, which was effectively garbage time, the Wolves actually were had played, the, you know, I think it was a little better than even to that point, and it ended up just being a minus three of the rest of the game if you take the first quarter out of it. So obviously that's 25% of the game. It matters. But there were some positives in the middle of the game. The Wolves shot the ball much better, um, and we can maybe talk about that a little bit later. Um here in the postcast, but I also want to touch on right now, the, the end of the game, the Wolves got back to within 10 um, yep. and Ant hit a big three. The Warriors called timeout. There were roughly six minutes, five and a half minutes left. 
And then the Warriors had a loose ball. They actually had a, a miscue coming out of their timeout. They messed up their set. The ball's kind of bouncing in the middle of the floor. I think it was Austin Rivers was defending Curry, had his back to the ball, and nobody grabbed it. And then, of course, the possession ends with Steph hitting a three, and then you get a couple of Clay Thompson threes, and that was basically it. The Wolves showed you know, a lot of effort getting back into it, but then when it really mattered, when they got back to within 10, the Warriors were able to put the pedal back to the metal, and, and it just wasn't enough for Minnesota. Yep, and I know exactly the part of the game that you're talking about because – I noted it too. I noted the score, 118, 108, five and a half to go. Steve Kerr calls the timeout. And then what could have been a Golden State turnover, and which let's say the Wolves score there. Now it's an eight-point game, maybe a seven-point game with five and a half to go. I mean, that's incredible after being down 20 in the first quarter yeah. and 20 almost essentially the rest of the game to that point. But that's exactly what happened is that Golden State got possession of the ball and then it went Steph Curry three, Clay Thompson three, Clay Thompson three. Just like that, 9-0 run, boom, before you could even blink. Just when the Wolves just got themselves back into it and now Golden State's getting a little nervous. The crowd's getting into it. The whole thing shifted to Minnesota's side in terms of momentum and in almost the blink of an eye, it went exactly the other way. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the things that went well for the Wolves. First, let's talk about our presenting sponsors at Turo. Turo is the world's largest car sharing marketplace. With Turo, you can book any car you want wherever you want it from a community of local hosts. Browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion or budget. You can book an SUV or a minivan for a family road trip, a pickup truck for some errands, or even test drive an EV. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. Uh, there were some positives in this game. Uh, as I mentioned, I mean, like, yes, the Wolves lost by 23. If you glance at the box score, you'd say, how could there possibly be? But the Wolves actually shot the ball pretty well. And we, we that was a huge issue in Charlotte on Friday. It has been for much of the season. They came into the game shooting under 33% from three, like 27th in the league in three-point percentage. But the Wolves shot 40% from three in this game. It wasn't as good as Golden State. The Warriors made 23s and shot 43%. But... The Wolves actually got into a, something of an offensive flow. Um, another positive I thought was Anthony Edwards. He was aggressive, getting to the basket, um, had a solid game, at least on offense. Um, so at least offensively, the Wolves showed some life after that sluggish start to the first quarter. Yeah, Ant in particular, who had four points at halftime, and then he had um, 22 in the second half. He had 15 of them in the third quarter. So you take that as a positive and say... Uh, you know, we saw these great signs of life and you saw how Ant can dominate a quarter. But the unfortunate thing is you can also take the flip side of that and say, we saw how Ant can dominate a quarter and how aggressive he can be. Why did he have four points at halftime? Yeah. And it's, it's hard because when you see that out of a player and you see what could be, then you're like, well, how can you not bring that for four quarters? Well, that's not easy. It, and Golden State might have been, you know, doing something defensively that had Ant completely off his game. Um, but Chris Finch, after the game, was just talking about, like, this team and these starters in, partic in particular, the starting five, imploring them to just find that energy, find that effort, find that motivation for four quarters. He, he almost seems to be out of possible answers because he kind of keeps getting that same question of, like, where do you find this? Where do you find this consistency? How do you... How do you get these guys to come out more ready? And that's the kind of stuff he's talking about. Like, how do you get Ant to give you the first half and the second half and not just one or the other? And Finch has no answers and he's trying everything. He's trying combinations and he's, 
he's pressing buttons and it's it's just not there. It hasn't been anyway for for this team outside of like that Indiana game. Yeah. Kind of the same questions night after night or game after game. Yeah, we're at the quarter pool of the season now. I mean, we're 20 games in, they're 10 and 10. Like, it obviously could be much worse. And and we were talking about this the other day. Like, on the one hand, there's very few games we can point to. You mentioned Indiana. That is the game. There's maybe a couple others where you could say they played most of the game really well. They played hard, et cetera. But we're talking about the same issues now 20, 20 games in. Um, and that's frustrating, um, to say the least. And, and obviously, you can you can hear the frustration in Coach Finch's voice. Um, I thought... Uh, a couple more quick things from this game. I thought Rudy Gobert had a bit of a rough game. There were some possessions. It was magnified because it was right after the Wolves got to within 10, but I don't think he played particularly well prior to that. Had a couple balls go through his hands. We've seen that be an issue with him. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a, a missed layup, I think, right after the Steph three, basically, when it was still like a 13-point game in the fourth. Um, so a rough game for Rudy down low. He uh, was the only Timberwolves player that had more than four rebounds in this game, by the way, rebounding was an issue. Once again, the wolves were a minus 16 on the glass, but I thought offensively, the wolves just need to get more from Rudy in terms of catching and finishing at the basket. Um, and like, and more from cat on the glass too. I mean, each of those guys against the Warriors team, like we know how the Warriors play and they don't, they don't play big. And so this is one of the teams that, you know, has frustrated the jazz in recent years when Rudy was with the Utah jazz and, and playing small. And, um, the question was how would the wolves answer something like that? And, each both Gobert and Towns had issues today in, in how they and how they played. And I thought the Warriors really frustrated him with activity and speed more than anything else. And Draymond Green. I yeah. thought he got under their skin, yes. both of them at different times. And sometimes it's for just being a good player and out hustling or out maneuvering. And sometimes it's doing the things that kind of walk the line between foul and no foul whatever it is, but this was a Draymond Green and influenced game, even though the box score wasn't tremendous for him, but the way that he impacted what Carl did and what Rudy did, I thought was pretty significant, especially if you're watching it, you're watching off the ball, watch Carl try to get position against Draymond and the flailing by both of them as they're jockeying for position. Like that was pretty constant throughout the game. Anytime Draymond was on the court. Yeah, and Towns shot seven of nine on two-point attempts in this game. He actually got more post-touches than I remember him getting at all recently uh, in this game. The Warriors were guarding him essentially one-on-one in the post. And, like, he scored on Kaminga. He scored on, I think, Clay Thompson guarded him in the post a couple times. Like, he scored on whoever guarded him except for Draymond. Um, Towns was effective when he got the ball. But, like you said, it was jockeying for position. It was getting to, a, a you know, somewhere on the floor where he could receive a pass. And he, the three-point shooting struggles continued for Towns. He missed his first four in this game before he he made his last one. Um, so the Wolves now head to Washington. They have a quick turnaround to the East Coast, lose an hour to play the Wizards, who are playing as we record this against the Celtics. So the Wizards could be losers of three straight coming into this game if they do lose to Boston. Uh, but they've been pretty good this year. I think they'll be 10-10 and 10 if they do lose to Boston. Um, and it's a tough matchup for Minnesota. Uh, but... Uh, I mean, what do we need to see differently from, from the Wolves on Monday against the Wizards than we saw Sunday? Obviously effort, but I mean, is is there any sort of, you know, in the next less than 24 hours sort of magic bullet for the Wolves? Well, I'm hoping personnel because not having Jaden McDaniels yeah. today was huge. Not having Jordan McLaughlin, which has been three games now, and I feel mm-hmm. like he's close. Torian Prince is going to be out probably another week. But those two in particular – to not have Jaden, either J-Mac, um, was pretty significant. So 
I don't know. I didn't get a sense on Jaden McDaniels if it was in um, a long-term, like anything beyond sickness. Chris Finch was asked about it in, the, in his pregame press conference, and he just didn't really have an elaboration. He, and he hadn't even seen Jaden at that point. It was an hour and a half maybe before the game, and he just said, I, I haven't seen him, but my assumption would be that he's going to be out. And that's really all we got. So um, better effort, start to finish. I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of it in Charlotte. We didn't see it in the, the first half, at least enough of it today against Golden State. So if I'm going to give you one thing, it's going to be the effort, the will, the want to, the energy, all of those things, the intangibles, because they fix a lot of the statistical stuff. So that is what I would like to see from this Wolves team tomorrow in Washington. And who knows, second night of a back-to-back, so you think it may be difficult for them, but I mean, the, strange. Like this has been a weird season so far, so it feels like it could be the sort of situation where they they come out, they play hard, they beat a team that they should be able to beat, um, even though they're you know a good team, a decent team in the Wizards. But um, who knows? If they play hard on Monday, it's definitely a winnable matchup for them. Uh, we'll of course go live following that game. Wolves Wizards is a 6 p.m. Central tip on Monday, so roughly 45 minutes or so after the game, we'll go live on the Locked On Minnesota YouTube channel as well as uh, posting this after the fact on Locked On Wolves, all the audio platforms as well. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota and Locked On Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll catch you next time.